This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. This episode is sponsored by the novel Shetland Mist, a Shetland family in the Methodist movement, by Heather Leslie Hammer. Anne Leslie, wife of a fisherman farmer and mother of nine, faces one tragedy after another on a windswept coast in the far northern Shetland Islands of the 1800s. Her two-room croft house and rocky plot of land leased from the wealthy landowner can hardly produce enough wool and grain. When her husband is gone at sea, what sustains her? Though Anne is poor in material goods, she is rich in spirit. She draws strength from the ministers and neighbours she meets in Christian worship. Though she trusts in God, she bears her doubts in prayer. What disaster will befall her next? What good is God in the face of great loss? What comfort will sustain her through trials she never imagined? Readers will ask themselves the questions that plague Anne for who doesn't struggle with what to expect of a partner, how to keep children safe and where to find God in life's losses and uncertainties. Shetland Mist tells how one resilient woman musters the courage to keep going, even when she can barely detect a path forward through the thick and gloomy mist. Shetland Mist, a Shetland family in the Methodist movement by Heather Leslie Hammer, is now available from heatherlesliehammer.com, whipfunstock.com and on Amazon. Hello and welcome to Christian Book Blurb, the podcast that aims to encourage you and help you to grow in your discipleship as we explore relevant, inspiring and often hard-hitting themes and messages as we meet some amazing Christian authors and learn about their books, their lives and their faith on this twice-monthly podcast. I am your host, Matt McClary. Thank you for joining me. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing the topic of responding to scripture creatively. And I'm being joined by the author, Drew Jackson, um, who we are going to meet right now. Hi, Drew. Welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Uh, It's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. That's excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Um, Talking about creativity and creative expression what is your creative expression of choice that would be poetry poetry is my is my creative expression of choice it's it's what i love um uh yeah it's it's just in my bones where did where does that come from is it did you like get a love of poetry when you were at at primary school or is it like through listening to music or you know what what kind of it got you going down the poetry path. Mm-hmm. It definitely started with music, um, particularly um, with hip hop. So I, I fell in mm. love. Uh, so I'm the youngest of four boys, and my older brothers were very much into hip hop. So I used to hear it all the time as I was growing up, and I always say that there are there are two types of listeners to hip hop. There are those who are first drawn to the beat and then there are others who are drawn to the the lyricism, the words. And I was always someone who first paid attention to to the words and to how they 
fit together and the rhyme schemes and it just yeah there was just something compelling about it for me and uh, I think that's what sparked in me um, that initial you know that what, what would you know form into a love of poetry um, later on and so my mom was also a poet so uh, mm. that's something that I think I just you know I guess I come by it honestly you know she she was an artist in her own right, visual artist, a writer, and, and all of those things. And so, um, yeah, it was just, I was around it. Mm. Well, thank you. It's it's great. Already getting an insight into, into mm-hmm. you, Drew. This is fantastic. Um, do you have, this is a slightly cheeky question. Um, do you have any other ways of expressing yourself creatively, even if you aren't particularly good at them? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, let's see. I I mean I sing all the time. I'm not I wouldn't call myself a singer, but I'm but I sing all the time around the house. Um you know, I I love I like to just kind of create things or or draw with my uh, my daughters. My daughters uh so I have twin twin girls. They're 8 years old mm. and they're both very very much into No, I've I've got an 8-year-old daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, very much into art. Um always inviting me to do some some kind of artistic thing with them so um and the last thing i'll say is one of my aspirations that i haven't really jumped into is to uh play the tenor sax and uh mm. i have one i was and... gonna ask the starting point is to have one have you i got have one? one yes okay. i have one but i haven't really um i haven't really given myself time to to jump in Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, good. You, you, <laughs> step one is complete. So that's yes. that's a good sign. <laughs> now, today we, we're talking about um, responding to scripture creatively. Mm-hmm. So um, in your opinion, why is it important that we respond to scripture rather than just reading it? Yeah, um, it's, it's such a good question. I mean, I, I really think that, that scripture is always inviting us to some sort of response somehow. Um, whether whether that's an invitation to um, kind of come into to a, a silence and a stillness and just remain in that space, or whether that's inviting us into a, some sort of concrete action, right? That looks like loving our neighbor somehow, right? There's always a call toward love of God and love of neighbor out of scripture. I think that is the constant call. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, um, I think that we we do scripture a disservice and we do ourselves a disservice when we simply read it and move on when we you know, it, it, it's it's a conversation, right? It's a it's an invitation. So um, there's always a response that's that's being asked of us. It's kind of like that. I've forgotten where in the Bible it says it, but it says um, when you read the scripture, it's like. You're looking in a mirror, mm-hmm. and if you don't do anything with it, it's like you just look in, and then you walk away, and you forget yeah. what what you saw, rather yeah. than you know acting on it or, mm-hmm. or bringing absolutely, about change, so. absolutely. No, that's great. And how does your creative response to scripture work? I know, I know, people, creative people, all do stuff very differently mm-hmm. from each other. So, um in your response to scripture how does it work for you do you have to set aside 
specific time or does it kind of inspiration zap you when you're riding on the bus or you know how does it work i think both things are true both of those things are true sometimes um it will be more so that i'm just i'm, I'm riding i'm riding the, the train subway train um and something sparks something in me that connects to something i i read that morning or something i you know have been you know contemplating and that forms into a poem somehow right usually i am uh, uh i'm a writer that tends to get a first line first right and and then right i'll jot that down but have no idea where it wants to go which is part of the that's part of the fun for me is to see how a poem wants to unfold on the page you know, to sit with it and to to just see I, I always it almost seems like poems have a mind of their own sometimes and you don't know exactly what turns they want to take until you sit down with them you know and 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 just kind of yeah spend time with them and so yeah um, but then there are other times that I have to where I I know in, in writing these uh, these two books um, I there were times where I was like, all right, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. And I'm just going to sit with the page and sit with the scripture. Right. And um, just create the space before the day gets mm-hmm. going, before I'm jumping into everything else just to create mm-hmm. that space. So I think both of those things are true for me. Um, but uh, I think more than anything, what's underneath of both of those is that responding to scripture creatively is about for me an act of paying attention right paying attention to uh what is going on on the page uh scripturally but also what's going on underneath the surface of my own life um and what's going on around me whether that be in the relationships my immediate relationships or um more socially globally cosmically what is happening um so it's this act of paying attention and connecting it and you know connecting the dots between that and what I'm seeing in scripture and what I'm hearing from God and all of these sorts of things. Yeah. Hmm. That, that is one of the, the beauties of the Bible, I think, mm-hmm. um, where for, as an individual, you can read the same bit of the Bible again and again, different times and different occasions or times in your life. And it can speak something different to you. Because you're coming at it from, you know, you're in a different place than you were five months ago or three years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it, it it's alive, isn't it? Because it speaks to other people. The same passage can speak to somebody else yeah. very differently to how I, I see it personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Holy Spirit can, can use it and, and, and speak through it in different ways. Um, which I find fascinating and, and utterly amazing. It is amazing. Um, yeah. I, I studied, I was going to say I had the privilege, and well, I, I did, I suppose. I did have the privilege of studying English literature at university, although it was jolly hard work as well. Um, <laughs> but one of the one of the things that, that we did was, was we, we had sort of a, poetry, a few poetry courses. And I've always wanted to ask a poet because reading some of your poems actually reminded me of some of the poems we studied um, Mm. whilst at university and Mm. 
of course, you're there in the lecture and you're reading the poem and, and you know, the lecturer says, oh, yes, well, of course, it means this on one level, but on another level, it means all this other stuff. And then if you, mm-hmm. if you sort of flip it on its head, it also means all this other stuff. So when you write a poem, do you just write it as like, well, this is just a creative expression, or do you deliberately go into it thinking, well, I, I'm going to say this, but, you know, there's going to be this whole subtext of some some other stuff going on. That's rare. So <laughs> it, it, it's rare that I go in with, you know, some sort of idea of how there's going to be this subtext. It, it, it's usually I go in and I just write, um, mm. write what's, what's sort of at top of mind there. And then sometimes I'll write a line and I'll, and I'll, it'll strike me that I'm like, oh, this is actually saying something else too. And then I play with that. Or I'll write the whole poem and I'll go back to revise and say, well, if I use this word here, it might communicate something that's more expansive or more this or more that. Um, uh, or if I completely cut off the this ending that I wrote to this poem and I don't have it, um, then it will create this sort of tension in the poem that has a whole different reader experience, things like that. I think, you know, that's part of the, the mm. act of revising a poem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I rarely go into it with this thing that like, I'm going <laughs> to try and do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've really enjoyed um, um, your poems that I have read. Um, but uh, uh, let me just tell my audience this. So I came across your poems um, by somebody else who's been on the Christian Book Blurb before. He's an author as well. He's called Rob Seabrook. And he also does lots of reviews of books. And I read a review he wrote of of your latest book. Um, and I thought to myself, wow, if the review's like this, I've I've really got to get Drew on the show. I've got to get some of his poems, and I've got to I've got to see for myself, you know, because it was amazing. So here's just some of what Rob wrote in his review. He said, "This is a truly powerful collection of poems, thought-provoking, poignant, and hard-hitting. There is an honesty in the writing that cuts through the noise and excuses like a sharp knife. The words are so well crafted." And that brings us on to um, the books that you've written. As you mentioned, you you have written two books um, of poetry. Um, The first one, God Speaks Through Wombs, um, which um, sort of reflects on the first eight chapters of the Gospel of Luke, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It sort of does the first half, as it were. Mm -hmm. And then more recently, Touch the Earth um, picks up on chapter nine and takes us through to the end of the Gospel of Luke. So what motivated you? to write these books yeah there were a, a couple things so when i when i started writing the the first book i didn't intend to write it as a book it wasn't it wasn't a book project it was more a project for my own curiosity imagination and my own you know my own soul i um i always say that poetry for me both reading poetry and writing poetry begins a spiritual practice and um i i really needed something i started writing at the beginning this one at the beginning of the pandemic as it broke out here in the u.s and i live in new york city and so we were we were on on lockdown and um mm-hmm. in a tiny 
our tiny New York City apartment with at that time five year old five year old twins and mm. you know I just I needed something I needed something that was going to you know just both allow me to explore the questions that I that I had um, there was also a lot going on here in terms of just reckoning with uh, America's racial history and uh, ha- there was just had been a recent rash of um, killings uh, at the hands of police officers and mm. um, and so I was wrestling with all of those things and I I needed a spiritual practice that was spacious enough to hold all of the questions that I had both from what was going on sort of internally in my own emotions, what was happening outside. Um, and I, I also felt like I needed some conversation partners who understood a, a bit of what it meant for to be a person and a people who knew what it felt like to live as I as I often say, on the underside of history, on the underside of empire, right? Experiencing sort of that, 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 that oppressive part of what it means to live in the context of empire. And so Luke is, you know, obviously as he's writing the gospel story, he's doing a particular thing where he is trying to center the voices of those who have been marginalized in the story, particularly women and the poor, all right? And he's centering their, their voices in the the telling of this narrative. And so Luke seemed like a fitting person to talk to in the characters in Luke. Um, and so that was one aspect of it. There was another part I, of it. I love that. I love that what you're saying. I'll let you carry on yeah, in just a minute. Yeah, yeah. What you're saying, Luke was, a, was, was the right kind of person to talk to. I love how you, yeah. you view reading scripture as a conversation rather mm. than rather than just like, you know, I'm picking up a book and I'm going to read it. It's it's this dialogue. Yeah, that's what it became. That's what it, uh, that's what it was for me. And I think, too, with that, it was seeing the, the Jesus that I was meeting on the pages of Luke as a conversation partner, as a, a mm. as a, a person, as a friend, as a you know, someone I could just I, I could bring all of these things to and process mm. with. Right. And you can um, see that in the poems as well. There, there, mm-hmm. There's processing going on. There's yeah. there's sort of a touch of Psalms to it sometimes, just kind of just letting it all out mm-hmm. on the page. And, and then there's also response to the, the still small voice when, when the Holy Spirit speaks mm-hmm. to you. And it, it's really good. It's, it's really um, visceral and, and, and real. Which, which is great. Um, so how do these books work in structure then? So we know that they're based on the Gospel of Luke, but how, how do they sort of scan through from poem to poem? How does it work? Yeah, so um, each poem is reflecting or, or really in conversation with um, a particular passage, uh, you know, pericope or set of, a set of verses within the Gospel of Luke. Um, sometimes it's just one verse, Sometimes it's uh, a chunk of verses. And my decision on that is really whatever sort of whatever hits me. It wasn't there was no sort of rhyme or reason to it. It was just this thing is hitting me. Let me write on this. Um, And I wasn't trying to necessarily write a commentary on Luke. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was just I would read through them and, and respond somehow. Um, not necessarily to explain the text, but to just be in conversation with it. Um, so yeah, that's and I move through the whole gospel that way. 
Mm, that's great. So let's give our listeners um, a taste of that now. We will move to a break just after this for a short while, and we will be back to speak more with um, Drew Jackson about his poetry and his life and faith, of course. We, we will talk about that um, in a little while. But here's one that we've chosen earlier. So I'm going to read the scripture passage, and then um, Drew is going to read his poetic response to that. So this is taken from Luke chapter 3, verse 20. And it's a short verse, and it just says, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. The Waters of My Weeping One of my brothers, my cousins, added to the number of your incarcerated masses, one in three of us. Unarmed? Yes. A threat? Yes. To your abuse of power and the way you sit so comfortably in your palace while we struggle to eat out in these streets. But in this hour, I weep. Again. For this innocent man baptized into your carceral system. Immersed into this jail with no bail. I am forced to witness this unholy sacrament. This state-sponsored religious act. And for what? Something about his person disturbed you. Maybe by passing him through these waters, you will convert him to the faith of unsacred silence. One way or another. I'm sorry that it frightens you when we fight for our humanity. But tonight, I cry. These tears have become my food. I dip myself in the pool of the waters of my weeping. For my brother, for my cousin, for all of us, until they stop locking us up. We'll be back after these. This episode is sponsored by the novel Shetland Mist, a Shetland family in the Methodist movement by Heather Leslie Hammer. Anne Leslie, wife of a fisherman farmer and mother of nine, faces one tragedy after another on a windswept coast in the far northern Shetland Islands of the 1800s. Her two-room croft house and rocky plot of land leased from the wealthy landowner can hardly produce enough wool and grain. When her husband is gone at sea, what sustains her? Though Anne is poor in material goods, she is rich in spirit. She draws strength from the ministers and neighbours she meets in Christian worship. Though she trusts in God, she bears her doubts in prayer. What disaster will befall her next? What good is God in the face of great loss? What comfort will sustain her through trials she never imagined? Readers will ask themselves the questions that plague Anne, for who doesn't struggle with what to expect of a partner? how to keep children safe and where to find God in life's losses and uncertainties. Shetland Mist tells how one resilient woman musters the courage to keep going, even when she can barely detect a path forward through the thick and gloomy mist. 
Shetland Mr. Shetland Family in the Methodist Movement by Heather Leslie Hammer is now available from heatherlesliehammer.com, whipfunstock.com and on Amazon. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. So welcome back to the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I'm speaking to poet Drew Jackson about um, his life, his books, and his faith. And just before the break, we heard um, his poem. It calls The Waters of My Weeping, and it was taken from his first book, um, God Speaks Through Wombs. Now, that poem that you read us just before the break um, obviously was dealing with lots of sort of political Mm -hmm. themes as well in in response to... um, what you read in the Bible that that short verse kind of mm-hmm. gave rise to to that that response. Um, so one of my questions is, apart from the scripture that it's based on, I've already mentioned politics, but what mm. else informs your poetry? Oh, I mean, there's the political and the social, obviously, um, that comes through. But I mean, there's also the familial, I have a lot of poems that deal with, you know, that talk about my mother. She shows up in, in my poems, my father. Um, you know, the first book is actually written in, uh, is dedicated to my mom who passed away 10 years ago. The second book is dedicated to my dad. They both show up in all of my poems. My children show up in my poems. Um, the, I think, you know, New York City, shows up in my poems. Mm. My love for New York shows up mm-hmm. in these poems. Um, my my dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> all all of life. All, all of, of life. life. There's just there's so much <laughs> yeah, and that's I think that's it. I mean there's all all of life is is really kind of woven yeah. through them. Yeah. And um, what advice would you say? So talking talking about um responding to scripture in a creative way and this yeah. this beautiful idea of having a conversation mm-hmm. um with with god whilst we're doing it or even with the writer of of that that particular book of or letter in the bible um what would you say to our listeners who might wanting to try they might be wanting to try out a creative response to scripture of their own have you got any advice or tips for them well yeah i mean i think one, I would say, I would go back to what I said earlier in terms of paying attention. So so that's one thing. I just, just pay attention to yourself and to life and to what's on the page. Um, the poet Mary Oliver, she talks about attention a lot in her poetry. And she, in one of her poems, she says, I don't know what a prayer is. I know how to pay attention, right? And she connects this, the, the act of paying attention to prayer right in a, in a way that I think is deeply meaningful um, and and so I think that you know as you're moving through life in a prayerful posture that's paying attention to everything and noticing noticing the small things I think those are great invitations to respond with creativity 
um, to life and to scripture and to connect those dots. And then one other thing I would say is just have fun, right? I think that um, a lot of times when it comes to scripture, we like to make it like, we got to be serious. We got to be this. We got to, it's got to be this big, serious thing, but. Or you start to criticize yourself too much. And that's not as great as I wanted that painting to be or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. It's an, I think it's have, have fun, be a kid, Mm. be a kid Mm. with it and let your imagination go where it wants to go. (laughs) That's great. Thanks, (laughs) Drew. Some good tips there. Thank you. Um, one thing we like to do on the Christian Book Club podcast is to um, have a look sort of behind the pages mm-hmm. to see a little bit of what the author's life is like. So you've mentioned that you live in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we know that you're a poet. Um, is writing poetry your full-time job? Can, can one survive <laughs> on writing poetry there, alone? There very few of us. <laughs> is, it, is it other jobs that you do or yeah. anything else that you do? Yeah, so um, for the past six years, I've, I've pastored a church here in New York City. Um, I, we planted the church in, the, in lower Manhattan. and uh, But I'm actually just transitioning out of that role um, and getting ready to transition into another role uh, with an organization called the Center for Action and Contemplation. So I'll be working with them. They're based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I'm coming on staff with them as their director of mission integration um, and uh, just yeah, working with the organization to, to help them move into the future, um, stay connected to the Christian contemplative tradition and integrating that wisdom into the life of the organization mm. and throughout everything they do. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you do things for fun? Yes. I know you've got your hands full with your twin daughters. I do. But what do you do for fun? Um, so I hang out with my, my wife and we explore the city. We watch TV. Um, I play basketball. Love to play basketball um, when my back's not bothering me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I you know, I love to, in exploring the city, try new places to eat. There's mm. so there's so many. Have you got any favorite there. foods or style of food? Ooh, um, that's that's a that's a that's a difficult question for me. Um, <laughs> I don't I, I don't know that I have like a favorite food, um, but I don't know. I'm I'm always game to try to try whatever you know anything new. Um, yeah, I just I, I don't know. I enjoy food. My my wife's dad is a uh, a chef, and so ah. he's always cooking. So yeah, we, we love it. Oh, good, good, good. Um, now, have you got anything that you're working on? I know you're in this transition phase, mm-hmm. um, but in the terms of, of writing and and books and poetry and things, is there anything you you're currently focusing on at the moment? Um, well, I have. There's nothing that's that's concrete that like this is the thing I'm working on. I have a couple things that I'm sort of seeing if they're going to come together into something. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, so I have a couple different like word documents and things with a bunch of writing that could end mm-hmm. up becoming something. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's really good. And I mean, your poems are really good. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to 
the next installment, whatever that whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, for the listeners um, who are tuned in, where can we find you on social media? Are, are you are you active on social media? Have you got a website that people mm-hmm. can look at? Where can people buy your books from? Yeah, so on social media, um, I'm most active on Instagram. So my Instagram is djacksonpoetics. You can find me there. I'm also on you know Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, not as much. Um, I do have a website. My website is drewejackson.com. And so you can check check things out there. And as far as buying books, I mean... Wherever, wherever you get your books, um, you can find you can find these books. So um, I'm, I'm always a big proponent of trying to support independent bookstores if you can, you know. So if there's an independent bookstore that you love, uh, ask them about it, and I'm sure they can get it for you. Let me just remind the listeners of the two titles um, that you have out at the moment. So the author is Drew Jackson, and his first book is called God Speaks Through Wombs. And the second one is called Touch the Earth. Well, Drew, it's been a pleasure to speak with you today. It's been really great getting to know you and, and chatting with you about creativity and, and hearing some of your poems. It's been fantastic. So thank you for joining us. And also a special thanks to you, the listener, for joining us for this episode. It's always great to have you along and to, yeah, I hope that you've been blessed by it. Don't forget that we'll be back with another episode of the Christian Book Blurb in a couple of weeks. This comes out once every two weeks or so. They happen twice a month. So we do hope to see you again soon. We'll be chatting with another Christian author about their books, their faith and their life. Just before we go, I want to give a big special thank you to the novel Shetland Mist by Heather Leslie Hammer. Um, Do get your copy from Amazon um, for sponsoring this episode. We couldn't have done it without you, so thank you so much for that. And don't forget that you could join us also over on our Facebook group, especially if you are a poetry fan. Pop over there and we can discuss your favourite poems as well. And maybe, yeah, we could talk about some of Drew's poetry as well over there. But to end off this episode, I have asked Drew um, if he would close out the episode with a reading of another of his poems. So this poem coming up is taken from Drew's second book called Touch the Earth. And this poem is Under the Ground. Under the Ground. This is written in reflection on Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 12. And this poem has an epigraph um, quote from Dr. Barbara Holmes, in which she says, In the beginning there is darkness. It is the womb out of which we are born. In this state of trusting refuge, the light of divine revelation, which pierces but does not castigate the darkness, may finally be seen. This is a mothering darkness that nurses its offspring. Under the ground. Life is always happening underground. The place light has forsaken. Finite minds cannot take in that the belly of Mother Earth is indeed a womb. Entombed in the soil is the pip of a new Eden. Only the seed that has fallen into the pit can burst through into the morning dew to announce to weeping eyes that a new day has risen. 
a day in which the voices and stories of women are believed, their word received as good news. And the men have no problem following them and learning how to believe again. What I mean is this. The world has been flipped on its head. Heaven has invaded hell. The spell of death is broken and the doorway opened to a new way of being. It all begins with seeing. That the darkness of our world is luminous. And in the humus of life is where we become fully human. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.